Before Crude Conversations existed, Alaska journalist Ammon Swenson produced a podcast called CrudeCast. It lasted for about four episodes, and among those episodes was a three-part series called Outrun Your Demons. In it, Ammon tells a story many of us can identify with. It involves our friend Ryan Earp, a guy with a heart of gold, but at the same time had a tendency to get in his own way. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the Crude Magazine Patreon subscribers. If you already subscribe to the Crude Magazine Patreon, thank you. For those listeners who aren't, please consider subscribing at www.patreon.com slash crude magazine. That's patreon.com slash crude magazine. And pick the subscription tier that works for you. I want to thank everyone subscribed at the company man tier. These are the people who have subscribed to the crude Patreon for $50 or more. Trina Duber, Seward Brewing Company, The Grind Coffee Shop in Juneau, Derek Adolph, Blue and Gold Board Shop, Sharon Liska, Alaska Surf Adventure, Aquila Space, and Northern Knives. Thank you to all the Patreon subscribers. Your money and your support make these conversations possible. You can also support this podcast with a one-time payment at buymeacoffee.com slash crude magazine. That's buymeacoffee.com slash crude magazine. And if you have a chance to rate or review Crude Conversations on Apple Podcasts, please do. This episode came out in 2015, and Ryan has since turned his life around. He's clean and sober, happy, and recently married. So here's part one of Outrun Your Demons. So I'm plowing through this tall field of grass. It's just blinding and terrifying. I mean, I'm clutching both hands, pumping the brakes as hard as I can, but there's no stopping. I'm going down this hill way too fast and way too steep. My car kind of spins itself sideways, and when I end up, I'm facing uphill. My car spun all the way around and I hit a stump spinning around that broke my axle. So when I open my door, I'm barely visible through the tall grass. Um, My headlights are on, my car's still running, but I can see that my back left tire is bent in. I just took a step back and was like, Jesus, dude. What did you just do? Welcome to the Crude Cast. I'm Ammon Swenson, and that guy crashing his car is my friend and crude photographer Ryan Earp. We'll get back to him in a sec. We recorded this episode's story guerrilla style in Ryan's 1978 Volkswagen bus after a mini road trip and some male bonding. Now, I've heard Ryan tell the story you're about to hear a few times, but ever since the first time, it's stuck with me for some reason. I've tossed it around in my head so many times and for so long that I don't even know what I think about it anymore. Is it even worth other people hearing? Will people get something out of it? Or am I just exploiting my friend? I don't really know anymore. Um, Maybe I've just tried to read too much into it. Sometimes the truth just is what it is and sometimes it can get a little ugly. I met Ryan in the fourth grade and we've been friends ever since. That was in like 1997, I want to say. Ryan's always been well-liked. He's smart, good-looking, charming. 
Basically, he's a cool dude and a nice guy. In high school, he was in the plays, cheered along at the hockey games, and did the morning announcements. Good morning, South Anchorage. Would you please rise for the pledge? After high school, he went to college, mostly because that's what he was expected to do. I attended Colorado State University from uh, fall of 2006 to winter of 2007, um, and then I dropped out because I felt like it was a waste of money. Not mine in particular, but my parents, and I just, you know, I wasn't getting good grades. I was partying too much. It was time to go home. He came back to Anchorage, moved back in with his parents, and worked at their business. After a while, he started to get restless and was ready to move on. He always wanted to act. I had gone to a couple actor, model, and talent competitions and done okay, got a couple callbacks. Um, and so I decided, you know what, I'm going to chase, I'm going to chase my dream. I had some money saved up and I loaded up everything that I had, um, all of my most prized possessions into my 1994 Altima with two 12s in the trunk that took up like the majority of the space and, uh, headed for Canada, um, with every intention of going to L.A. and becoming an actor. About a day or so in, Ryan decides to take a break in British Columbia. So I stopped at Fort Nelson to party, basically, for the night. There was a couple bars there, and I thought, you know, why don't I just camp here and have some drinks and party? So I'm hanging out, drinking, meet up with these dudes who are, um, who are oil workers, and and they're on their, their two-week off from their two-week on, you know, and they're ready to party. You know, we're buying each other drinks. I bought them around. They bought me around. Then I bought them a couple more rounds with money that I didn't really have to spend. And, uh, and then I just, I bailed. I just bailed on my bar tab. I got that little bit of drunk courage in me and, and it was like, go for it. I don't tend to make the most brilliant decisions under the influence of alcohol. Um, at this point, I was, you know, pretty buzzed. I'd been drinking with those guys for a couple hours, but I went and grabbed a six-pack from the gas station and a couple packs of smokes and decided to put a couple more miles under my belt that night. Well, that turned out to be not such an awesome idea. Now, Ryan isn't usually the type of guy who'll just crap on people like that. But like he said, he's really not himself when he drinks. I had a blast with him. And to bail on that bar tab was just such a dickhead move of me, you know? Like, it just... The karma against me for doing something like that is just unbelievable. I mean... It was instant, basically. I mean, 45 miles down the road, my car careens off the side. I'm coming fresh out of a breakup, and so I'm, like, also jotting notes in my journal as I'm driving, um, changing CDs, just being a drunk idiot behind the wheel of my car. And, I, I mean... I was making absolutely every mistake that you could make. Like, I, the la I was listening to this song, Hounds of Love, um, and there was a lyric in there, Two Steps on the Water, that just it spoke to me. And that's what I was scribbling in my journal right before I changed CDs to listen to that song when my car went off the road. So I'm plowing through this tall field of grass. It's just 
blinding and terrifying. I mean, I'm clutching both hands, pumping the brakes as hard as I can, but there's no stopping. I'm going down this hill way too fast and way too steep. My car kind of spins itself sideways, and when I end up, I'm facing uphill. My car spun all the way around, and I hit a stump spinning around that broke my axle. So when I open my door, I'm barely visible through the tall grass. Um, my headlights are on, my car's still running, but I can see that my back left tire is bent in. I just took a step back and was like, Jesus, dude, the fuck did you just do? This is what everybody tells you not to do, and you just did all of it, you know? It was like, I don't know, one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. Drinking and driving is not cool. Do you feel lucky that you... Absolutely. That I went off where I did. If I'd gone off in a different spot, there was trees. Um, I would have, you know, split my car around a tree if I had gone off in, you know, 100 feet to the left or 100 feet to the right. He gets out of his car and assesses the situation. There's no way he's driving anywhere. It's around 2 a.m. and there's no one else on the road. Luckily for him, he eventually spots a tow truck and waves it down. He reeks of booze and the driver is not impressed. And he's just kind of giving me this look of disapproval the whole time, like, you fucking idiot. Don't drink and drive. He's like, you got a place to stay? I was like, yeah, I got a tent in the car. He's like, all right, pitch it here. Call us in the morning. When he wakes up, he sees just how bad the situation is. He packs up his valuables and hitches a ride to Fort Nelson in a passing semi. His car gets towed to a mechanic, and they tell him it'll be a couple of weeks before they can get the part. He calls his folks and tells them he wrecked his car. He might have left out the part where he bailed on a bar tab and crashed his car because he was drunk. His parents told him to sit tight and they'd be there in three days. For three days, he would go drink at the same bar that he skipped out on and walk across town to where he was camped to pass out. Somehow, he didn't run into the guys he was drinking with or the bartender from that night. He has no idea why he kept going back there. Three days later, his parents show up in their RV to tow his car back to Anchorage. What was the reaction when they picked you up and were you, when did you come clean to them about what happened? They still don't entirely know. Um, so this is gonna be how they find out, I guess. Um, I'm, I think they probably kind of figure that I was fucked up, but I don't think they really know for a fact. Why do you think you were drinking? I just, um, you know, I just got a drinking problem, I guess. More than anything, I love alcohol, <laughs> you know, and it was, I, I think, I think that the breakup had a lot to do with it. Um, and you know that when I get into a relationship with a girl, I am in love with them, you know, like I, I go full bore at it. I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> um, I just, it was, it was hard on me and, and I had already kind of felt like I failed them by not going, by not finishing college, by dropping out and moving home. And maybe it wasn't them, maybe it was more like I felt like I failed myself. You know, I, I, I set out to do something and I didn't do it, which is why I was drinking so much. 
A few weeks after he got back to Anchorage, Ryan had licked his wounds and was ready to head back out on the road again. But this time, he'd bring a friend. When we pick back up with Chapter 2 in a later episode, Ryan takes another stab at the long road to L.A. and reunites with his old buddies from Fort Nelson. And one of them, who is really, really large and really intoxicated at this point, grabs me by the throat and slams me up against the wall of the Boston building. And it's like, you fucking left us with that fucking bar tab, man! He also makes a new friend who causes some problems. Turns out he's fresh out of jail for murder. He starts talking about the other brutal crimes that he's committed that hasn't, yeah, he hasn't been caught for. Thanks for listening. For Crude Mag, I'm Ammon Swenson in Anchorage.